0: Oh, hello, Podcast Land, and uh, I would say welcome back, but it's been, what, months since I've had a podcast update? Uh, some of you may have this subscribed, I highly doubt it. it, didn't have a lot of viewers, or listeners, I should say, but uh, this used to be the Nobody Knows What We're Doing podcast. Podcasting is something that I've been trying to get into for a very long time, almost longer than I've been trying streaming, but I've never been able to get into it. Uh, Whether it be through insecurity or self-doubt, I just couldn't do it. So, this is me taking another stab at it. Fingers crossed we stick with it. Um, I am moving away from the more edited, professional, one-on-one style I was going for. Basically bringing in people of expertise and interviewing them. As much as I love doing that, way too much time when it comes to editing. And uh, unfortunately, time is not on my side, no matter what Rod Stewart says. Me, so yeah, so it's going to be more of a uh, conversational tone, uh, a little bit more unprofessional. I'm not going to edit it, it's going to be some one takes, and we're just going to upload that puppy straight to Anchor and uh, out to your podcast feed. So if you're listening, thank you, I appreciate you. Um, and uh, yeah, it really means a lot to me being able to make a podcast for people is something I take a lot of honor in because I mean, even with streaming. Even with streaming, like it is an honor that I have become, I don't want to say background noise because that seems to diminish it, but I love that people can put on what I do while they're getting chores done. So being able to do something like this and hopefully maybe be a part of their lives while they're at work, that sounds cool, so why not? Plus, it's part of my whole mantra of being everywhere that I possibly can be that started out at the beginning of the year. So yeah, just moving forward on what this will probably end up being. will just be short little updates about stream progress, about progress for me and what I plan on doing. And uh, I think it'll be a more intimate way to kind of keep people uh, that are interested up to date. So let's move on to probably what will be our standard form, which will be what I've been watching. Uh, I do generally try and see one movie a week, uh, whether it be new or something uh, that I can catch up with on at home whether it be Netflix or whatever. But this week, I did get to see Wreck-It Ralph 2. I'm a week behind on this, but uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, the first one came out, and I was I was floored by it, like to the point it moved me to tears, and I thought it was a damn good movie. And so this one is a really worthy successor. I don't know if it matches the first one to me. Um, I think... I think I still go with the first one only because its reverence for video games felt stronger than its reverence for the internet culture that Wreck-It Ralph 2 was trying to tackle. And I hate saying that because I think it conjures this image that it doesn't do for the internet what the first one did for video games that well. Because it still does. Like It does a great job of... of, How should I put it? Bringing to life concept abstracts about our daily habits, like the way that we interact with the Internet, the way that we search, the way that we are we are uh, distracted with pop ups or um, or, you know, intrusive ads, stuff like that. Like, I think that was cool. It does a good job for that. I just don't know if it made me love the Internet as much as the first one made me love video games. So, yeah, Uh, and also, like, it's hard to talk about it because it is a kid's movie. So there's some leeway there. But this one really, really, really laid on its themes a little too thick. Uh, Basically, the power of friendship and how it is possible to be friends even apart. That felt a little heavy-handed, but not in a way that I want to write off the movie because everything else about it was great. John C. Riley is fantastic as Ralph and Sarah Silverman. I don't even know how to say this. There's something about Sarah K. Silverman's performance as Vanelpe von Schweiz that makes me tear up. And I don't know why. Like anytime she has a moment that is really sad or um, really plays in to the negative sides of Ralph, I just immediately start welling up and I don't know why. And that's not a high barrier for me. I always cry in movies, but there's something about Sarah K. Silverman as vanelpe von that that really gets me sad when she's sad i don't ever want to hear her sad <coughs> but uh yeah that uh that's kind of like a bit of a short <coughs> review of how i feel about Wreck-It ralph i don't know what i would do to improve on it um and i'm, I'm totally up to seeing more uh i would be down for a Wreck-It ralph 3 whatever they decide to call it because for whatever reason ralph breaks the internet seemed more appropriate <clears throat> which I guess, you know, I'm being fuddy-duddy about it, but if, if they break away from the number naming schematic, probably not the right word, uh, it leaves them open to, to cover a lot of things, so yeah, maybe maybe I shouldn't be hard on that. That'll be, uh, that'll be interesting to see where they decide to go, whether they stick with the internet topic, or they go to something else. But, uh, other than that, I have been slowly but surely catching up on mar- Margins. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um... Uh, the, the, everybody knows that keeps up with the stream how big of a Marvel Cinematic Universe nut I am uh to the point of obsession. So it, it, for the longest time, I did try and keep up with all the Netflix TV shows, but it just got to the point where there's way too much with the Defenders, uh, Daredevil, uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, all those. I just couldn't keep up with them. There's way too much. So I ended up I ended up stopping, Um, but I have picked up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it still has a special place in my heart it started out really rough from the first season but the moment that it started syncing up with the winter soldier timeline that's when i really fell in love with the series and i ended up taking a break i think at the end of season three and i only got like a quarter of the way through the season where they started dealing with um with uh decoys the life model decoys that was a mistake because when i came back to it and finally finished that season my god Absolutely fantastic. I, I again, this will be a running theme if I ever talk about film and and TV shows. I cried, I cried at the end of season four. Uh, everything they were doing was fantastic, and it really messed with me. I, it's hard to talk about because I don't want to spoil it, even though it's been a while. It's hard to talk about, but for those who know me, know that I have a, a rational fear of nothing being real. And the way that they structured that season, especially on the latter half, it plays with that concept really well. Um, and and by season four, you're already so invested in the characters that they're able to just play on that. And the guy who plays Mac um, steals the show, stole the, stole the season for me. So I, I and that's kind of a little bit of a uh, tangent for what I actually want to talk about. It's actually season five that I'm catching up on. I'm halfway through it. But it has been a bit of a slog for me to get through it just because season four felt like a really, really high point for me. And then to switch gears the way they did in season five by kind of doing some of the future plot lines with the, the Kree just was such a left turn that I wasn't jiving with it at all. Like I, I, I lost interest in it, unfortunately, and it's been like I'll watch an episode here or there, but... It's finally picked up to a point where I am happy about it. I think I'm on episode 10. Um, um, what do I want to say? I don't know. I got to figure out how I want to format this, because I also don't want to be a podcast that spoils everything, but I also want to talk about shows. So maybe I'll come back to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But yeah, um, it's good stuff. Watch it. Uh, but uh, if I get to finish that, because we still got a way to go until... Avengers 4 and Captain Marvel and Spider-Man Far From Home. So I have a lot of time to fill in with Marvel stuff. If I finish Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think I'll work on Daredevil next. Um, even though there have been plenty of Marvel-related Netflix shows, it seems like Daredevil's the only one that continues to be worth it. Not to discredit the other ones, but it's still the one that I see get the highest praise. So I'll probably start there and then go to Jessica Jones and so on and so forth. But um, but uh, yeah, that that does it for what I've been watching. Uh, and I... I This will probably end up being the most juiciest part of any of these podcast episodes since with the stream, I do play a lot of video games. Uh, And with that, let's start off with what we started off the stream week with. I finally got the chance to check out Pokemon Let's Go last week, actually a week ago today. And so I started off the stream week on Monday playing uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. I was such a fuddy-duddy leading up to this. I will not. I'm not going to try and defend myself. I was. I was overly critical. I thought a lot of the changes that they were making to the game felt way too streamlined and were ruining the experience, especially because it was trying to sync up with Pokemon Go, the mobile app for which I have a disdain for. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that that just put me at odds with it, which is unfair in hindsight. But the closer we got to it and the more that I found out about it, I let Nostalgia win. And I, I put it in my Gamefly queue. And I was fortunate enough to get it. <clears throat> Having played it, this game plays on my Nostalgia so well that I, I'm in love. I have done a complete 180. Um, I think this game succeeds and... Making it more accessible, probably for a younger audience. Again, I have to recognize that I am almost 28. This is not a game for me, but it, it makes it more accessible for younger kids, which is nice. But it still holds a lot of the core mechanics that I remember enjoying as a kid. Pokemon Yellow was the first one that I fell in love with. Like, I had Blue, but not shortly after Yellow came out, and I was fortunate enough to be able to get that. And I spent all my time playing Pokemon Yellow when I was a kid. Um, like if I ever went anywhere for family road trips or, you know, hanging out with my dad when he was out and about running errands, I had Pokemon yellow in my game boy and playing and not just once, but multiple times. Like I would go through that game repeatedly. Ah, excuse me. Apparently I'm still getting over my cold. So please excuse my voice. Um, so yeah, Pokemon Yellow means a lot to me. So the, the fact that Pokemon Let's Go uh, Pikachu is a remake of that was an easy way to get its nostalgic hooks on me and, and give it a shot. Not enough to want to buy the game, but enough to try and check it out at least. So I have, (coughs) I, uh, where am I in the game? I have three badges. I just took out Team Rocket's hideout and, uh, I'm working from there. The fact that there are no wild battles does make leveling up harder because you have to actually find trainers to fight. But it's still speedy in a way that I really appreciate. Like, I'm I'm flying through that game uh, at a breakneck pace. A lot of it has to do with the fact that you, you're, I mean, this has been a thing for a while, but it feels more so. The fact that your whole team gets uh, XP share, the fact that you get XP for catching a Pokemon, the fact that you get XP um, for, I think, even more XP for doing duplicates, like, everything speeds up. Um, you don't even have to have Pokemon with the HM moves anymore. Like, Pikachu can learn whatever you need at any point. So, little accessibilities like that. Oh, they even do, I don't know how I feel about this, they even do a thing where if you go to a gym... They quiz you on what you're supposed to need so that you always have the type advantage going in. Uh, I list that just to show the kind of handholdy ways this game is, 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 ah, God, not dumbing down, just handholdy ways that it's making it more accessible. That's, I don't know, I'm losing my train of thought. Here we go. This is where I'm talking about how things are going to be a lot more conversational. There's going to be no edits. I don't have time for edits, so we'll move forward. What I'm trying to say is this I appreciate that the game is a lot more quicker than I remember because there have been countless games that get remade that I get really excited about and I think oh yeah I love this as a kid let me play through it again but I don't because it's a faithful remake that is like as hard as it was when I was a kid and I just don't have the time to grind through it just to enjoy remember berries. So the fact that Pokemon Let's Go has sped up things, it makes me appreciate it more. Because I'm reliving all my childhood memories, but at a faster speed. So that's what makes me really enjoy Pokemon Let's Go. Um, And the fact that it plays like I remember it. Because of course not. It didn't look anywhere near as good as it does on the Nintendo Switch. But it looks like what I remember that Game Boy experience being. Like going in not knowing... Where to go, but exploring and leveling up with my Pokemon, being fascinated by Pokemon I didn't know at the time. Especially because that game came out at a time where the internet wasn't as easily accessible for me. So it, everything was a surprise. I still had things to learn, and that's what was cool. And of course, you know, internet being the internet, you know, I know every Pokemon that exists, I know all the Pokemon that come out before the new game comes out because they get leaked. But somehow this game manages to keep that surprising nature about it just because they they've changed things from the remake. I'm sorry, they've changed things from the original that's different, but not enough not noteworthy enough where people are going and spoiling it on the internet. So it's preserved that feeling of not knowing for me. And I like that. Um so yeah. I I, I could I feel like I'm talking in circles about how much I like Pokemon Let's Go. So I'm gonna wrap, wrap it up with this. To me, Pokemon Let's Go. Uh, despite the changes it's made, is an easy return trip, especially if you have t- strong nostalgic ties to Pokemon Yellow, Red, and Blue. And if it's something you want to share with the younger generation, uh, you know, I've kind of made reference to it. This is a kid, this is a game made for kids, I'm no longer a kid, but the fact that I tried unsuccessfully, but I'll keep trying, sharing this game with my, my niece, that's cool. I'm glad that it will open up, um... It will open up the franchise to a lot younger audience, so I think that's really special about Pokemon Let's Go. All right, probably not the most neat bow tie, but we'll go forward. Uh, other than that, I have been playing uh, The Messenger. The Messenger is an indie game that harkens back to like Ninja Gaiden. Even though I haven't played it, when I streamed it, a lot of my viewers did mention the fact that that's what it was drawing inspiration from, um, and I like this game. It's a, eh, God, I need to learn the, the term. I always want to go 8-bit, but I think it's a blend of 8-bit and 16-bit art style. Um, it's very gorgeous. It has a wonderful color palette, and it is paired up with music that is, to say the least, addicting. Like, every song that that game has for its levels is, is so catchy, um, and I like it. And the way that it handles its audio, like, whenever you go underwater, um, that's really cool, too. That's that is such an organized unorganized statement. guys. This is this is episode one of this po- podcast reboot. Bear with me. Hopefully, as I learn to do this, uh, it'll be more organized. I guess I don't know. I I just don't want to be. I don't want to let not doing it stop me. You know. So we're gonna power through. So the messenger, great game. Check it out. Don't know if I'll be streaming it on stream again. Um, which actually will segue nicely to the next game. But I I enjoy the messenger. I bought it because I wanted a game that would be a for me game, something that I could just stream. Uh, I'm sorry, something I could just play off stream and enjoy because that's something I don't get to do anymore. But I was enjoying it so much um, that I, I felt guilty about not sharing it. So I, I wanted to hop on stream and do it. Having streamed it, I think it's going back to a just me game. <laughs> uh, not to discredit anybody that was there for it. I I'm, I'm, I'm hope they had a wonderful time. But that game is something that I want to be able to focus on with not having to worry about coming up with good commentary and keeping up with chat. Because um, I can't do it. it. It is a little bit on the harder side. And even though I've done harder games like Cuphead, there's something about this one that I think just isn't for me stream-wise. And I hate that. Um, there's, there's been plenty of games that have unfortunately suffered that fate. And I think The Messenger is going to be that one. And I'm not happy about it. But, you know, you got to do what's good for the stream. Which leads me, and some of you who keep up with the stream may know where I'm going, leads me to my last what I've been playing, and that is Red Dead Redemption 2. I am struggling to like this game, to put it simply. And it's really hard to be that way, because it feels like I am on the outside looking in, unfortunately. I have heard nothing but good praise. And warranted. I don't want to take away from this game. I don't want to take away from this game wholly. It's warranted. It is a beautiful game. Uh, It is massive. It's insane the amount of details they have put into it. And the story itself, however slow, is really good. The character interactions are great. Arthur Morgan as a character is troublesome, which I can get into in a second. But I I can't deny a wonderful wonderful character to see unfold. The problem I'm having, and I've had this conversation so many times on stream, so anybody that is a regular, I'm sorry, but bear with me one more time. The problem that I'm having with this game is that it feels like I am constantly in conflict with what the game wants me to do and what I want to do. It is micromanaging beyond my playstyle, And the fact that I'm constantly having to worry about my cores and uh, whether it be for my stamina, my health, or my dead eye... um, that that hurts the game for me. That hurts the game because every time I get caught up in the action of, like, you know, taking out bandits or getting in a firefight, it feels like I'm just running through water because I don't like survival mechanics. I don't like having to micromanage whether or not Arthur is tired. I don't like having to mac- micromanage whether or not he's hungry, which the hunger ties into the health and everything else. Like, that stuff's just not fun to me. And the fact that the game even goes further with its its slower pace. Like the way that you move about that world is slow. The way that you investigate uh, bodies or the way you investigate drawers and cabinets and, and walking through camp. It is a slow pace by design. But the fact that that feels like a slog for me is is making it hard for me to continue wanting to play. And I hate that. And the other thing is, like, if you pair those mechanics that I'm not enjoying with it, with the fact that Arthur Morgan is a complicated character to get behind, because I'm someone who really, really likes being the good guy in video games. Uh, ever since Mass Effect, Telltale Games, any game that gives you a choice to do the good option, I do the good option. This game's called Red Dead Redemption, and to get to the redeeming part, you've got to do some bad parts, Right? So it, I understand that Arthur Morgan's gonna make some questionable and almost villain-esque choices, but the fact that that's majority of what I'm doing makes it hard because I get I keep getting caught in this loop of going and beating up somebody for money because they owe debts to our our debt collector, or you know going and robbing people because we found out hey they're not gonna be at this place so let's go get all their riches or going and robbing a train because we're the outlaws. We got to do this. We got to be the bad guys. That hurts because there's never, there, at least in the beginning stages of the game, there's not enough opportunities for me to start paving the way towards redemption. Granted, I have the furthest I've gotten in this game so far is probably a quarter of the way through chapter three. I've been told that this game definitely opens up for Arthur in that regard, but I'm struggling to get there. So the fact that I'm not feeling good when I go out and do missions paired with the fact that it's not playing good for me just leads me to not like it. And I hate that. Um, I don't know if I'm going to continue streaming this game. Uh, It already had the the deck stacked against it uh, because there's been a lot of games that I have bailed on. Prime example, The Witcher 3, because if there is more story than there is action, that is hard for me to stream. So for those, I'm going to pretend like whoever's listening to this doesn't know what streaming is. I stream on Mixer, mixer.com slash the tap stream. Essentially what I'm doing is I'm playing my gameplay live for audience, and so I'm constantly having to find commentary that is both engaging and, since I like basing my streams on comedy, comedy comedy-based. But it's hard to do that when there's so much dialogue, um, whether it be through cutscenes or you know even writing to your next mission point. Every character has something to say. Now, that's, that's a very unique lens to view a game, so I don't want to fault Red Dead Redemption on that because I have a special case here. But the fact that if I'm going to a mission and my partner... In that particular mission just wants to backstory me the entire time, there's no space for me to commentate. There's no space for me to come up with jokes or engage with chat or keep conversations going. So that's not fair to the game, but I also have to recognize that that doesn't make a good stream game for me. There are people that can do it, I'm coming up on three years of streaming. I've yet to be able to do it. So someday, but that day is not today. I've given up on The Witcher 3 because of that. I've given up on Assassin's Creed Odyssey because of that. And it really looks like I'm giving up on Red Dead Redemption 2 because of that. Now, where I think Red Dead Redemption could have had a saving grace for me was that there is a vast world to explore with lots of hunting and fishing and dinosaur bones to collect, secret caves to look for, stuff like that, which I easily could have done and had good streams with. But the fact that that side stuff is marred with the core mechanic that I don't like. I just, I don't know. I think I have to move on. I just can't produce a good stream with it and I hate it. Especially if JB fancies listening. I know he was fighting for me to love this game. Like even to the point he was coaching me on how to work with it. But I I have to, I have to do what's best for the stream. And I think that's recognizing that Red Dead Redemption 2 is not for me, unfortunately. So I hate it but uh yeah what about you i mean uh, what have you been playing uh how are you liking red dead redemption 2 really is what i'm interested in because it seems like we've been having a lot of great conversations um around this game i mean do you agree with the way that i kind of feel about this or do you have other opinions i'd love to hear them uh which you can reach me at ask the taps no ask the tap at gmail.com god i don't even know my own email so uh yeah send me send me your review Or anywhere you find me on social media. The tap stream is probably where you find me. Okay. All right. So, that's what I've been consuming entertainment-wise. Let's get into some... uh, Let's wrap this up with some things that I want to make sure that I I hit. Um, Some of you... A lot of people that know me, especially if I post this to Twitter. A lot of my community was built around my time on Twitch. Uh, One of the biggest moves that I made uh, is I'm now streaming on Mixer. And that was a very, 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 very hard decision for me. Uh, And I cannot emphasize that enough. That was a very hard decision for me. But looking forward on what I want, which is full-time streaming, and looking forward of what I can help do, Mixer was definitely the place for me to be. Uh, i'm a variety streamer uh, and for those again i'm going to pretend like the person that's listening doesn't know what streaming is for those who don't know what variety streaming is it is essentially not having a dedicated game that you continuously stream every day um there are streamers that will continuously play Fortnite. uh they'll they'll only play uh, call of duty they'll only play uh god what was that game i'm blanking on it that darkest dungeon like they they find a game that has a good community around it, something that they continuously play and it's entertaining to watch. That's not me. I am not good at video games, so I have to constantly keep moving on to the next thing that I can use to make comedy. And uh, I can't be stuck to one game. It's just not who I am. I would go crazy otherwise. So the fact that Mixer uh, at the time was lacking in the variety scene, at least in its perception. I don't want to start like a Twitter war where people are coming at me saying that oh i you know there's mixer streamers there that are variety based i know that the problem that we're facing is that we need to change that perception that you can only grow on mixer if you're playing battle royales shooters or competitive shooters um so that's that was one of the things that helped me make the decision to move because i had a strength mixer had a need and i felt like i could feel that need with what i do so inter Variety Pack team. Uh, nagellan is a wonderful streamer on Mixer. Um, she has been putting together a team with the same intentions that I moved to Mixer for. She's been, God, is it seven months now? She's been working and, and helping create the, the variety scene on Mixer, and she's been going out and recruiting people to help do the same under the name Variety Pack. So if you go to Mixer.com slash team slash Variety Pack, you can find a lot of wonderful streamers there. And, uh, I'm happy to be a part of that team. Um, so yeah, again, knowing that a lot of people that know me, know me from Twitter, I'm sorry, know me from Twitch. I know there's bound to be people that are thinking about making the move too. I know I'm not alone. If I, if 7 billion people in the world, if I'm thinking it, somebody else is thinking it. So this is what I offer to anybody that is on the fence. And I'm not doing this as a shameless plug. I I really do sincerely mean this. One of the most loneliest feelings I felt after making the move from Twitch to Mixer was ending my stream and not knowing who to host. Not having somewhere to go and hang out after three hours of streaming felt so lonely. Um, It almost made me want to move back. Uh, but of course I was so fortunate to have known Magellan before making the move. So even though she didn't stream after me, so there was no way for me to host, just hanging out in her stream and getting to know people and having her recommend people to watch. I have slowly built up a network of, of streamers that I enjoy. And that has been the game changer for me is just like having people to go hang out in after stream, even if it's for like five to 10 minutes, I know how many of you, I know I'm not alone, and I hope I don't feel like I'm calling anybody out on this. You know, the host and ghost. You know, you just finished. You're done. You're tired. You want to go rest, but you still pay like five to ten minutes in somebody's chat just to be nice and make sure that your community uh, adapts to their community well. So, yeah, uh, having that made me feel so much more at home. So I offer this to you. Mixer.com slash team slash variety pack. Go follow all the streamers there. Hang out in their streams. I guarantee you, there's something for everybody. They're all they're all dedicated around building a variety scene, and I think it can help you feel more at home and help you make the decision to switch to mixer if that is something that you believe is on your horizon. So yeah, and we even got a, a, a Twitter page, twitter.com/slash/varietypackteam. It would mean the world to me if you followed that as well. Uh, I've I've been uh, I've been trying to really help build up that page too as something that I want to contribute to the team um having having a face everywhere will end up probably being the best goal for the team so I hope that that's something that can be done anyway man are we succeeding we're we're 30 minutes in uh I don't know how this is gonna go I can tell you I've been cringing this entire time because I am very self loathing, but I know I want to do a podcast. I know that I need to keep pressing forward. Um, so we're rolling with this. This is it. I really hope to start doing more weekly podcasts. Uh, it'll, I want to try and drop them by Monday. My plan is to record, record them Saturday after stream, record them Saturday after stream, just a little quick 30 minute, uh, record, uh, export it and have it ready to go by Monday. Um, and we'll see how that goes. I mean, I didn't start streaming and immediately know what I was doing, so I don't expect to start podcasting and immediately know what I'm doing either. So here we go. Thank you for listening. It really does mean a lot. Um it really does mean a lot. So thank you. If you're uh if you're if you're willing to go on this journey with me, hopefully I can do a better job of keeping up a, a diary here um and figure out what to do with it. So yeah, if you did enjoy this podcast, don't forget to uh, comment, subscribe, five stars, whatever it is you happen to be listening on. Make sure that you do it; it does help. Uh, I don't even, you know, at the time of recording this, I don't even know what I'm gonna rebrand this podcast to, because uh, right now it's called "Nobody Knows What We're Doing." But I think I think I'm gonna call it the Tap Stream Podcast. How original! I really want to call it the Tap Chat. But I, there's also a part of me that wants to keep the, the branding, the tap stream, everywhere. Because it's nice to be able to say you can follow me everywhere. Like this. If you did enjoy this, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on all the available platforms. You can also uh, follow me at the tap stream on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, I, I I have the tap stream everywhere. So you Google it. You'll find me. I've been working hard and posting videos there for everybody's enjoyment. Hopefully yours. Um, so, Yeah. We'll tune in next time. Uh, And you know what? How about this? How about this? Because I'm so nervous about trying to figure out the format of this show. I'm going to open up my emails. Ask the tap stream. I'm sorry. God damn it. I fucked it up again. Ask the tap at gmail.com. Send in your questions. I will answer any question that gets asked to me as long as it's appropriate. And uh, I look forward to being able to do this next week. Till next time. I love your faces, everybody. Bye-bye.